Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Talking Comics oh. Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Steve Say. Um, ho, uh, damn it. <laughs> Did it last week? <laughs> Merry Happy Holidays. <laughs> Bob Ryer. Felice Navidad. And Stephanie Cook. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got messed up because the theme's not here. Yeah, no, I know well, we said we weren't doing it, but yeah. we completely screwed up. Well, inside baseball, we weren't listening to the theme when this, the thing started because I'm not listening to it three times in, in one day, so... Um, uh, yeah, so we're back for our second part of our best of 2013 deliberations. Uh, last week we had a more, much more civil than expected mm-hmm. um, uh, delineation of breakthrough writer, breakthrough artist, best cover, uh, best web or digital and publisher of the year. Um, it was not. It was very much unlike last year's. Uh, basically, claws out, fisticuffs, breakthrough writer uh, category. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we are back, though, to to um, get in a couple more of of, of the of the bigger categories, and the bigger fights, the bigger fights. Uh, we're gonna be dealing a lot with uh, with story arcs. We have best story arc, uh, best graphic novel, single issue, or one shot. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, best um, mi- mini series or limited series. Uh, best new series. So those are the ones we're covering today. Snicked. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So, Bob, why don't you pick? What are we gonna start out with, Bob? What do you want to start out with? What do you think is the least of the categories? You want to move upwards in I this. Know, I, so, don't want, I don't want to hurt any... Okay. I, I don't want to, go, I don't want to you know, okay, wait diminish wait any wait of the minute, categories. Wait, I'll, I'll pick. Okay, but I was picking with this eyes closed. One shot. Okay. Best single issue, graphic novel, or one shot. Um, now, those listening out there, I know that it might seem a little bit smushing stuff together for this stuff, but uh, I, I think that even though a lot of graphic novels come out and one shots come out during the year, I think that just the fact that the amount that we read, and though we read a lot, sometimes, like I didn't read five original graphic novels that I could have put on a list or five one shots I could put on a list. You know, I could have done it with single issues, but I don't, I don't, we, it's, I think mm-hmm. it's better to, to put those all together. Um, so that's what we are going to do. So here I will, uh, I'm going to start out with the okay. with mine, with the, the, my entrances into this category. Let me get it up here. Um, best single issue graphic novel or one shot. Okay. So my top three are, Batman and Robin number 18, mm-hmm. which is the silent issue that follows the death of Damian Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've got... Oh, it's just, this is tough. This is so tough. Um, You're still selecting. I like this. I, it's so tough. I had to select and I'm looking. I'm like, no, but wait. Um, Daredevil number 27, which is the end, basically, of that entire arc where we learn who the villain is behind everything. And w- I, I, we get to see, you know, this is spoilers if you haven't read it, but we see Bullseye, that Bullseye is still alive, and that um, he's kind of been orchestrating this entire bad stuff for Matt Murdock this whole this whole, whole time that we've been in the Mark Wade run. That rat. Yeah, that rat 
absolutely. And um, Afterlife with Archie, number one, are my three that I'm picking. This is a really tough category hmm. to, to, to nail down here. Um, all right. So, Stephanie, why don't you give us your top three? Oh, right. So, again, this is miniseries, one-shot, single issues? Mm-hmm. Single issue, graphic novel, or one-shot. Not miniseries. Oh, okay. So... Whatever. Okay, that doesn't affect anything on my list. (laughs) But I'm, like, updating my Mm. credentials. My credentials? I don't know what I'm talking about. Your credenza. It's not the right word. Anyways, so, number one, Becky Cloonan's Demeter. Okay. Um, It was so good. I talked about it. It was one of my books of the week whenever I picked it up, I think, probably in March or April. Mm -hmm. Um, Loved the art. If you aren't familiar with Becky Cloonan's work, you should be. And the story was so simplistic and beautiful. Um, it's something that everyone should get. I know it's not available like widely in comic book stores and such, but it is available on Becky's website, and it's great. It's on a com- Comicology Submit for a dollar. Yes, yes, it so is. So people should definitely pick it up. Yes, yeah. going back to the whole, you know, we love digital comics, and you should try them out if you are unsure mm-hmm. of things. Um, Absolutely. So... Uh, next up is, let's see, oh, I have like four things on my list. Mm-hmm. Save um, one. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I think it's going to be the wake number one. Okay, good one. Um, it just was so powerful. Like, I, I can't believe how involved I got in it after one issue. Like, there's some comics that just, I mean, they pull you in, but this pulled you in, gave you like all these twists and turns revealed stuff and still gave all this information about the characters all in like one issue and it wasn't like Hickman-esque too much too much too much <laughs> like mm. it was perfect um so that one and then Afterlife with Archie number one is also a pick for me because it helped me remember like Archie was how I got into comics in the first place mm-hmm. and it made me remember why I loved all of those comics way back when all right awesome awesome steve um i am going to put my number one vote in for strange attractors Mm -hmm. by charles soul uh for people still not familiar with strange attractors strange attractors is about a man who is in the throes of trying to decide what to do with his life academically professionally and happens upon a professor that he used to read his work and admire and decides to basically see what he's up to and investigate him and ask him his advice as to how he should approach a uh, kind of like a final paper or um, I guess thesis Mm -hmm. that he's writing. And he wants his opinion. And he comes to find out that this man, this professor that that he uh, wants to be involved in, is instrumental in the mending of New York City, if you will. Uh, The idea is that cities all across the world, disasters happen, whether it be hurricanes, whether it be debt, all of these things, that places that are uh, something like New Orleans, how New Orleans is still being rebuilt to this day. There are sections of it that are still in ruin. Yet you have New York that you have the Twin Towers, you have flooding in the subways, all of these things that happen to New York. Yet somehow New York tends to bounce back just a little bit faster and avert uh, catastrophes, really. Just, I don't want to say better, but just a little bit faster than other places. Why does that happen? And why it happens is this one man who basically is kind of a 
mathematical superhero that uses causality to basically plot things throughout the city and move things in a certain way that uh, the city will bounce back faster. It's all very complicated, but it's it's steeped in New York lore. It's steeped in mu- um, music was a huge ins- inspiration for it. And it's an incredible book about how events and putting things into motion and how one thing can lead to another can lead to another. And it's a completely different take on just superhero action, something you don't get to read every day. And I mean, I was hooked on it from beginning to end, and it really showcases uh, some of the stronger aspects of Charles Soule's writing. And it was his breakout book for me. Mm. Um, I absolutely love it and recommend it to anyone. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a fabulous story. And it is this giant has a it's very, very smart. You know, it, it has a lot to do with math and, and dealing with, you know, you know, like you said, causality and, and making diagrams about, you know, the city and, and how each thing, each of these equations leads to something else happening and right. the spikes in the danger areas and how throwing paint down uh, on the entrance to Grand Central Station can affect, you know, what time something gets here and changing the lights here can do this. But what I love the most about it is that what it's, what it's about at its core is that it's about how little things, how doing little things in your life can lead to things becoming better. Mm-hmm. How, you know, you, you, you can put it up to this thing about, you know, this creativity of the city, but you can also say, you know, just doing little things every day that are, that are, that are positive for you, for people around you, for the ones you love, for your community can lead to, you know, in, in a way to you saving the world. And I think that's, for all its technical techno technicality technicality and it, it's high mindedness, it has this deep emotional core about that. You know, about changing things by being by by going step by step. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. That's right. in that book. Yeah. And it's, it's also got a bumpy a, cover as well. Yeah. It's got a bumpy cover. <laughs> and it's it's an emphasis on how how everyone can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how and like Bobby said, just mm-hmm. the, the smallest thing can be a key factor in moving around the events within your life. You might not even be aware of it. Someone that, you know, went through a turnstile before you Mm. or even, I mean, one of the things that it makes me think of, I'll just get into this really quick. Um, I'm a big fan of just the concept of causality and how one event leads to another leads to another, Um, how I came to be a part of talking comics and even just a part of, of being friends with everyone involved in this project is a huge, um, you know, thing, uh, thing for that. But there are times when I'm in my car and I'm thinking about how one thing led to another, led to another. And to see that written about, so just put in that way that the book does, it was fascinating Mm -hmm. to me. And it just, like I said, one of those thinkers books that once you put it down, it's a huge conversation piece, especially being from New York. Mm -hmm. It, it hit a really, you know, hard nerve with me Mm -hmm. And call it New York Pride, whatever you want. It's a fantastic read. So that's my number one, really long-winded number mm-hmm. one. Um, I'm also going to throw my hat in the ring for Batman and Robin number 18, okay. the Requiem issue. Uh, hands down, one of the greatest comics that I've read ever. Mm-hmm. So just a beautiful marriage between art and story and really, really affecting, very powerful, and a a perfect aftermath to a really really traumatic event that kind of got spoiled and even a little bit ruined but i felt like that issue 
really lent justice and, and pulled me into the death of Damian Wayne, mm-hmm. whereas the other issue, the one that was really supposed to get me, didn't mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. I knew about it, mm-hmm. but the aftermath was almost more powerful than the death itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine's for that. And it's come up a lot. Uh, well, actually, both. Uh, Afterlife with Archie, number one, mm-hmm. I'll definitely throw down for that. But um, if I could, I would like to uh, throw in Captain Marvel, number 17. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an incredibly, and I'll get to this later, uh, but it's an incredibly moving issue. One of the best uh, series endings, even though the series is continuing in March, one of the best ways of wrapping wrapping up events and sending a character reborn on its way, and the idea of including the fan base in the issue, I think is just a is a tremendous tremendous the biggest tip of the hat that you could possibly get mm-hmm. to your fans, uh, and I admire that issue for that reason. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Bob. Okie dokie. Uh, Hawkeye number nine, which is an issue that in essence encapsulates all that is Hawkeye in one little book. You have humor. It's all the ex-girlfriends all showing mm-hmm. up. And then I don't want to spoil a big shock ending for eight months ago, whatever it was. But you get the event that then changes the thrust of the series, everything else. It, the death of a major character to that point. So Hawkeye number nine. Okay. I have Captain Marvel 14, hmm. which is the issue where Carol makes her sacrifice. In the midst of all the action, mm-hmm. knowing what's to come, she decides she needs to take out the big bad, who's Yon Rog, which ties into her origin, the original Captain Marvel. She flies into space and basically fries her own brain because she's our hero. Mm-hmm. And that final panel of her just sort of floating there, just very, very effective. Is that the end of Enemy Within? No, that's the... Uh, depends how you want to talk about that. Okay. It's the end in the sense of that five-issue, three Captain Marvels, two assembles. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's the finale of that. Okay, okay. But th- th- since that actually then goes into what my number one is, which is I throw a vote behind uh, Steve's Captain Marvel 17. Okay. okay. That you then put into place from that beginning, we bring the fans in, certainly. You show her as a hero. You show what the fans think of her, which then ties in now to where we're going to go with Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. And yet all the interpersonal of little Kit with her schoolyard friends with the Iron Man suit, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel lessons. If you read the last page of that in Carol's new apartment mm-hmm. and don't tear up, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead to me. You're just dead. So Captain Marvel 17 is my number one pick. Cool. Awesome. Um I do want to say I don't think it was on anybody's list, but if I had another one, it would was going to be uh, actually a lot of things we, we all we all have we all said one. were on our yeah. list. But Witching Hour, the Vertigo anthology book, yeah, it's was on, on, my, it's list on my list also as, as well because I just thought that was fantastic. And we have so many good things here. I think these are probably going to be end up being the ones that make it on. But I just wanted to mm-hmm. throw that out there because I think it's just an amazing, amazing uh, title. Um, all right, so uh, should we just throw a few others in there just for? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Harley Quinn Zero. Okay. All right. Just because you, you take that character that was so mm. destroyed or so not who she was mm. and turn that back into something people can definitely enjoy. Mm. Uh, throw that in X-Factor 262, okay. which is the end of X-Factor, mm-hmm. which will come up as we get into mm-hmm. story arc. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, but the one I actually want to take a vote on is the very odd 
Empowered. Oh, yeah, right. that's, on, that's on my list. Nine beers with Ninjet, <laughs> which is this screwy thing. It, it's Adam Warren uh, writing and doing some of it, but Takeshi Miyazawa, an mm. actual manga artist, yeah. doing the rather manga-flavored mm. Empowered. If you'd been reading this and finding that, it's, it is not so far afield from where the book itself has been. The characters are rather well-rounded for what seems to be a rather crazy book. Mm-hmm. And you do get to see the origin of a character and is not quite the fun, loving, oh, I'll be a ninja from New Jersey kind of thing. No, there's right. some nasty stuff going. There's a yeah. reason she's a hard-drinking yeah. character. Yeah. I, no, I, I really liked it. Uh, for me personally, it wouldn't be above, I think, any of the other books we've listed on here that on my list or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I I will say that I think it deserves to be mentioned and, and talked about. I think it's a very good issue. And I haven't read any of uh, Empowered and I enjoyed it. So... That says a lot for yeah. for a book that, yeah, you know that I had no connection to. That after I read it, I, I I both enjoyed it and was interested in reading more about who these people were. So cool, yeah. So yeah. good that I mentioned it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean that that issue that was on my list too. It's an emotional roller coaster. Mm. You know, one minute you're laughing, the next page you're you're pulled into this really terrible situation. You learn so much about this character within this one issue that I I wasn't familiar with them at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a, an unexpected and powerful read yeah. that book was. Um, Absolutely. Other things on my list, real quick: uh, Hawkeye number seven, mm. which was oh. of course the Sandy, Sandy Relief issue. issue yeah. yeah. Which uh, again, another New York book that was just really, really, really uh, beautiful. The way that that came together, that that was kind of just you know put together at the last minute, and um, a lot. Of, uh, I think a majority of the proceeds, if not all, of Matt Fraction's proceeds from that book went to help uh sandy relief and just the the heroics during that crisis and both ends of the spectrum both um kate bishop and hawkeye both doing things on opposite ends of the spectrum to help during that time uh was really moving and funny and a lot of fun and and heartwarming so great great issue and uh, the other issue I would have picked would have been uh, Sex Criminals number three. Yeah, that was also on my list as, as a kind of op- um, outliers on the of the three yeah. that I wrote. And one of my favorite issues of the year, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, st- stunning, stunning book. Introduced uh, me to Queen. Yeah. Not introduced <laughs> me to Queen, but got me into them for real. And now I, I love that band. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, do you have any, any other ones on your list you want to list off before we, yeah. uh, we start voting? Yes, please. Yes. Um, so I missed a couple of the ones that you said. So if I'm repeating things, I apologize. No problem. Um, but Velvet, number one. Okay. Yeah. I think after one. reading that, like there's a lot of number one issues on my list because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously a lot of issues along the way that stand out. But for me, issues that really stand out are the ones that found a whole series and like draw me in like for... I don't know how many issues with a single issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of fantastic books that came out this year. And that's why Velvet was number one was on this list. Cause that was just such an incredible ride in that first little while. And again, it was like the wake where you're getting all these characters and you're getting all this information all at once, but it just wasn't too much. And by the end of it, you're just like, Whoa, what is happening? <laughs> and it was so fun but it was so grown up too and i love that noir spy caper kind of thing that they have going on and it's like james bond but with lady bits (laughs) (laughs) 
There's yes, it a, is. It's definitely a yeah. box quote right there. A, a, yeah. a, a, a cover quote. <laughs> yeah. James Bond, but with lady bits. Um, and again, again, if you said this one too, but pretty deadly number one mm. was such an interesting way to tell a story. Unlike I think anything I've ever read before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art was beautiful, and the story itself was beyond unique. Mm-hmm. And the things coming out of Image. And, you know, uh, Vertigo and even with Afterlife with Archie are just so refreshing this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are those are only two I wanted to throw out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, as we, we sort of boil things down here, um, are, I, three of us voted for it, but are we all OK with Afterlife with Archie number one? Yes, because on it list? was on my list till the very last minute. OK. So, yeah. Yes. All right. So Afterlife with Archie uh, number one is definitely on this list. Um the other books that we have multiple votes for are Captain Marvel number 17 and Batman and Robin number 18. Um, I mean, obviously I voted for Batman and Robin number 18. I would absolutely love to see Captain Marvel number 17 on the list. It was just outside of, of my top three. Mm-hmm. And But the only thing I ask you, Bob, is that I, I don't think two issues of Captain Marvel are going to be on this, no. on, this best, uh, on this best list. So are you okay with 17, that being the one that, that yep. we, you can yeah, fight absolutely. for? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 70, you good with that? Captain Marvel number 17? Uh, sure, I haven't read it, but okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you You're missing de- out. You should definitely read it. I know, it. I'm behind. You should definitely read it. Story of my life. <laughs> um, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Daredevil off the, off the list for myself there, and I'm actually going to throw that vote behind Strange Attractors. Nice. Um, so, but here we go. So we have, after the Archie is on there, um, Captain Marvel number 17 is on there. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Batman and Robin 18. I think that should definitely be on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, Steve said, I think it's one of the best issues of comic book I've ever read. The, yeah. the, the amount of power and story told without any words, I think, is unbelievable. I was like, I was in the, one of those like pulverized states after I read it. Yeah, you know, where mm-hmm. I just, I, I would, I couldn't feel right after it because it was just so much emotion. I don't remember having that much emotion consecutively, page after page, yeah. while reading a book. I mean, it mm-hmm. was. It was, I have, I think, four copies of it at home. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things that I, I was giving people. Right. Being like, I know you might not know what's going on, but just look at, it's, to me, it's something you can hand somebody and be like, look at what comics can be mm-hmm. kind of comic. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Cool. Absolutely. Um, so that's on there. So now we have Hawkeye number nine, Strange Attractors, The Wake, and Demeter. Um left to go here to put on the list um so i, I don't know if there's one especially stephanie of your of yours that are left that you want to fight for the wake or demeter um i mean i really enjoy both of them i'm not sure which one i would put my weight behind i feel like the wake is on a lot of lists already and mm-hmm. people already know it's great but for me maybe then i would put my weight behind demeter because i think it's something that everybody should read and they should read all of Becky Cloonan's other zines but mm-hmm. this one specifically came out in 2013 and therefore you know yeah I mean so. I agree with you completely I think that I read it this past week in preparation uh, for this and I uh, obviously her art is beautiful that that's that's no surprise she's a great artist uh, what surprised me more was the the maturity in the writing that was there and the ability to tell an emotional uh, one-off story where I cared about the characters who were there um, and still was kind of wrapped up in this mythology that she had created, which was 
it's familiar. You know, it's got a familiar kind of mermaid type of, type mm-hmm. of feel to it. Um, but it's Selkies. All- <laughs> but it's but it's also its own thing. You know, it doesn't rely completely on it. It it, it gets you familiar with it by using those ideas, and then uh, you know delivers its own story. So for me, I think it's great. I mean, th- that would I wouldn't have any problem with Demeter being on the list. I was at Becky Clune's table, and Stephanie chose this for me mm-hmm. to buy as representative of her work, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to pronounce this differently than you guys. I don't know which of us is right, yeah. but Demeter is the goddess of the hunt. Right. I think that's what it is. I thought it was right. Demeter. I mean, I thought but it could I be. Cool. But I don't know. Yeah. So I just go that way. Yeah. It is. And go ahead. She's actually not the goddess of the hunt. Demeter's actually the goddess of like uh, harvest and agriculture. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> in, in in either case, mm-hmm. whoever she's the goddess whatever, of, whatever, whatever goddess she is, she is in fertility of <laughs> the earth. There you go. It is in in, an, in a marketplace where there are a lot of horror books and a lot of things that want to be Twilight Zoney mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. This was a standout for me. Yeah. So I'd have no trouble throwing a vote behind that either. All right, Steve. Well. <laughs> Uh, funny story about Demeter or Demeter. <laughs> I uh, have read Wolves and uh, The Meyer. The Meyer. Yeah. Both phenomenal, mm. phenomenal short uh, zines. Mm. And uh, Becky, we've been in contact through email, is supposed to send me a copy of mm. Demeter, but I think she's very busy gallivanting in, in London and, and all these places that perhaps it, it's been forgotten. Or maybe I should just buy the thing online maybe, for a dollar. Yeah, maybe. Um, I just maybe based on the the pedigree of those other two books mm-hmm. and having all of you guys speak for it, I have no doubt that it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with it being on the list. Awesome, awesome. So we're down to to one spot, and that's between right. We have one spot left. Yep, yep. Stranger Tractors and Hawkeye number nine. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I love Stranger Tractors. Uh, it stands out to me. It's a, 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 a as a work. Of, I mean, I love Hawkeye number nine. I love all of Hawkeye, and we'll talk about Hawkeye a lot, yeah. I'm sure, as we go along. But for me personally, Trinity Tractors is a standout above that. It's just a a fully formed work that does something very, very different. And just for me, I mean, you know, we're doing issue by issue here. When I think of Hawkeye this year, there isn't one issue to me that stands out above any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So I would put my way behind Trinity Tractors. I mean, I've read it. We only do have read it. So yeah, I mean, to, for having the 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 one chance to tell a really awesome and unique story. Mm-hmm. It does it in spades. Yeah, it's my number one pick yeah. of the year. I love it. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, and I'm also worried that like this is probably the place for it to really get its due. Mm-hmm. It might not get its due when we get later on into the bigger categories. So I would really love to have it on here for, for that reason. Well, we have two votes, so yeah. we, I'm okay with that. Right, okay. and again, Hawkeye is going to come up. Yeah, so th- that mm-hmm. isn't a good reason not to put it on necessarily. No, but but as part of a whole, as opposed to a single standalone, and this yeah. category is. One shot. Yeah. This is his one shot. As yeah. you say, of telling the story. Yeah. yeah. Fine. And if for no other reason. The cover is bumpy. It's bumpy. Yeah, the cover is very bumpy. And here you go, Bob. Yeah, you can uh-huh. check it out. Now, would Ian Malcolm love this book? He would love that book. That's what it's I got thought. a little bit of a Crichton, like a Michael Crichton okay. to it with its it's kind of intelligence, but it, it's got kind of, a. Bumpy. It's so very bumpy. bumpy. It's, you know, the mass audience being able to accept the the, the, the high intelligence mm. of it. So it's very, it's very good. Um, so what's our what's our list of uh, graphic novels? Our One shot? Our list is issues? Afterlife with Archie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he won't give it Captain up. Captain <laughs> Marvel 17. <laughs> Batman and Robin 18, Demeter and or Demeter, and Strange Attractors. <laughs> All right. That's a very diverse list. I like yeah. it. 
Mm. I like it very much. We need someone to call in and correct yes. me on the pronunciation <laughs> of it. And I said this should last. Ask Greg Rucka. Yeah, it should. Yeah. And I said this last week, but guys, if you agree or disagree with the things we're saying here, um, make sure in the comments below, write in what you think should be nominated and what you love, and keep sending your top five lists in to podcast at talkingcombooks.com because there is going to be a, 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 a post devoted only to your top five list. So make sure you keep sending those in. All right, so I'm, I'm going to start I'm, some fake email and, accounts so I can um, send in some extra votes. Yeah. When sending in your list, make sure that you tell us whether or not it's okay to uh, print your information as far as Twitter accounts and yeah, whatnot. whatever whatever name you put on it. Just let me if you're gonna if you say you know my name's Brian, I'm gonna write Brian. You know, but if you're your full name, I'm gonna write your full name. So mm-hmm. make sure that you, you do that. Um, all right, so how about uh, best mini series or limited series? How about that? Ooh. Um, I don't know if I have any of those here. I have everything yeah. else here. <laughs> I know my number one. <laughs> Can you say it in that weird voice? Number one. <laughs> number one. I know my number one. All right. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Starting to get punchy. <laughs> Already? Four whiskeys in. <laughs> All right. How about Steve? Start us out. My number one pick is Scott Snyder. And I screwed up his name before. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy's The Wake. Okay. Uh, let me tell you why. It's awesome. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> it's awesome. And it's so awesome that, are you caught up? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where that, forget where it starts. It starts off maddeningly good. Mm-hmm. But where it ends is just, I. it's not coming back until February. Mm-hmm. But, oh my God, I caught up with it about three days ago. And I just, I got to that last page and I went, no. I need more of it right now. Um, I'm so excited that not only is the series, they, we got five more issues of it, but it's such a perfect half and half distribution of the story that you get the whole uh, genesis and origin of this bizarre situation that you're presented with in the beginning of the book that doesn't really, you don't have any explanation for it. You're kind of lost in it. And then by the end of the fifth issue, you go, Oh, and it turns the story on its head and sets you up for another, what I'm only to assume to be five more incredibly good issues Mm -hmm. of a fantastic story that uh, if people aren't aware of this, a couple of, um, I guess last year there was a news story about a prehistoric uh, Japanese shark Mm -hmm. fish thing that went viral and it was this like serpentine ugly ass shark that wound up dying a couple Mm -hmm. of days later because we decided to put it in the captivity go (laughs) us but scott snyder saw this on the news and he saw the clip and that was actually the spark for what would become Mm -hmm. the wake and i just i think it's so awesome that something that simple and that bizarre was the seed that wound up being the story and not to mention seeing uh sean murphy's art in color with as much detail as he puts into every page and the creatures and just the being underground and being within a confined space but it's still feeling so open and so vast at the same time uh it's a like john carpenter-ish sci-fi aquatic action adventure Mm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, it's my I number think, one pick. What's up? I just wanted to say something quickly about it, too. Like, all good sci-fi is rooted in some way in reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's little bits that, you know, 
need to be done correctly in order for us to be like, oh, okay. And then the rest, like, you know, kind of, even though it's very fictional, you kind of go with it because the things that are set in reality are set properly. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they're properly rooted in our fundamental sense of how the world works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the wake did that perfectly for me. It, had all of these things that were clearly bits of truth. Mm-hmm. And then there was so much other, mm-hmm. like so many other things that were created from their minds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's no other book on this list or possibly ever that after each issue that I finished, I would go research the things right? that were like rooted in truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like, the mermaid now, stuff and, and all the different tales that uh, Scott Snyder says stuff without, I, I'm not going to say any more than that, but there's like these snippets of things where like when you read the book, you'll understand, but the loneliest you, whale. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. just, you know that these things are based like CSI in a way. This is a terrible analogy, <laughs> CSI but you know, fish. like they're really, a lot of the episodes are hokey and the voice, like the dialogue is hokey, but at the same time, you know, a lot of those cases are based on real cases. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how I felt about the book. Like I wanted to research the things that were, it was just, Oh, so awesome. (laughs) I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was little. And then this, this book made me want to be like, I'm dropping everything. I'm going to the ocean. I don't hope it doesn't turn out like it turns out in the wake. (laughs) I hope not either. But you know, I would die for science. <laughs> oh. All right, nice. So the wake. I know. I have the picture of, you remember the movie Mermaids? Christina Ricci yeah, 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 yeah. laying in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have this picture of Stephanie <laughs> laying in the bathtub with her scuba gear on. Um, <laughs> I, I have a photo of me dressed up as a little mermaid. Oh. Like, with my mom made me like a little mermaid outfit as a kid. I'll show you to you sometime. Right. But how about Splash? No, that was like my, that's my calling. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh man, okay. So that's number one for Steve. Steve, you're number two. Oh yeah, sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> my second one is Brian Woods Mara. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just a a really, really to me powerful powerful series that is is really really good for four issues and then pays off uh, tenfold in the final issue with its its poignant message i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give it away but it's a almost romantic uh ending and it it makes it brings about a lot of questions about our humanity and what would happen if we were to discover that one of our own was uh gifted in ways that we can't understand and what we would make of them how we would uh socially and publicly crucify them and basically uh, push them out of our lives and how somebody who is viewed as so heroic and such a an icon and, and a beacon of what's right in the world and what's inspiring that just them them being found out to be different is enough for us to ostracize them from our society and to treat them differently when all they would want to do is help us and because of our nature because of 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 humans and the way they react to things sometimes puts that person or that being in a terrible place and it's to our benefit to include them yet we manage to drive this person away and it's a story about what happens when that happens Mm -hmm. 
and I loved it. Yeah. I, it, in the end, it's about hope, right? It's a, yeah. It, it, and that's what's so great about it is that it starts small. It smarts. It starts as this this woman who is a star athlete who gets superpowers and you kind of think that's what the story is going to be about and then the next issue it takes it a different place and it starts growing and getting bigger until the point where she beca- kind of becomes like a, almost like Dr. Manhattan at a point where mm-hmm. she's like I don't I don't care about the world I'm too powerful I'm too big they're like ants what do I care and 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 then when she has that encounter with that person and kind of learns or relearns or realizes that there is more to the humanity than the the ugly and the evil uh it's a beautiful little moment because it's it's sort of like we talk about strange attractors right it's about the little Mm -hmm. things it's not about you look at the whole picture it can look ugly and dirty and horrible and scary but when you go down to the person to person you can find great things redeeming things and uh i I thought it was wonderful how the the series ballooned itself out to that and wrapped itself up very nicely and i loved how it left it the note that she leaves it on you know, and and I love it because it's about this all powerful being, but it's a feeling we've all had before, right? Which is this kind of like, uh, maybe I'll get over it, just not right now, kind right. of deal. And I love that about. It. I love that it's this, that it's very human, very relatable, but it's this giant story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. So your number three, Steve. Oh, this is this was hard. Mm-hmm. This was really really hard. Um, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jonathan Hickman's Infinity. Okay. One through one through six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of another series that changed the game uh, as much you're as the, this one. You're in the Marvel marketing department now. Yeah. It changed. It changed the Marvel universe. Infinity. It changed the game. Uh, Until next year. <laughs> Until next year. Yeah. Even even though it was frustrating and uh, well, not not for me, but for other people, I know it was frustrating and it was difficult with the tie-ins and stuff like that. But I'm not talking about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about just. Jonathan Hickman's Infinity one through six, uh, the art was bonkers. I mean, just majestic cosmic fleets of things, and the the idea that we had a story that instead of uh, we always see characters fighting against one another, arguing with one another all year round, to have a huge event story with that actually pays out at the end and sets the sets the pace for a whole new movement in the one of the big two with this inhuman stuff whenever we get around to having it. <laughs> um, just, it, it... I lost my train of thought. Damn it. It's really good. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll, no, I had something to say about it that was, like, really, it was going to win everyone over. And now I can't remember what the hell yeah. it was. No, I know I'm not, I'm not winning Stephanie, but... <laughs> We can move on. Infinity, okay. John. I'll think of it. When I think of it, I'll chime in. Okay. There you go. Stephanie, what about you? Um, so I'm going to say other things that Steve didn't say because I feel like it's pretty obvious that I like The Wake. Well, I mean, if you're going to vote, you, if you're going to, The Wake is one of your votes. You got to. Oh, fine. Because do you want Anyways, it to win? Because it's not going to sit there by listen, itself. You gotta, I'm gonna, let me talk. God. Okay. So I wanted to, I was, this was going to be on my list, but then I found out it was from 2012, but I still want to give it. A heads up. There's okay. this, I guess it would have been a one shot, but I put it in here for some reason. <laughs> but there's this comic called Turdy Needs Work. Oh yeah, we saw that on your list. I was like, I, I'm not, I can't even do it. That's what I, when I saw that you sent their list over. I was like, I think she's you making this up. I'm not. <laughs> God, Bobby, you're so pessimistic. <laughs> Anyways, so it's like from Koyama Press, and it's this turtle, right? It's this tiny turtle, and each page is him doing like a job that he's 
completely like incapable of doing. He's like a dishwasher one day. And like the next day he's like, I've got a job for you, Turdy. And he's like, sounds good. And it's like this top secret folder and they want this turtle to be a hitman. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you just need to see it Mm -hmm. because it's like the best. Okay. But um, that came out in 2012, so All that's right. not on my list. Okay. Um, but what is on my list? Hellboy the Midnight Circus. Okay. That is a thing that's on my list. All right. Um, I think I talked about it pretty recently, and it was just such a great introduction for me uh, to read Hellboy comics. Mm-hmm. I hadn't read the comics. I'm a big fan of the movies. I've own I own a ton of the comics, but I you know, it's one of those things where we all have a ton of stuff and it gets neglected sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the Midnight Circus, I'd been hearing so many amazing things about it and I just jumped in and decided to check it out. And it was such a fun story. Not fun. It's kind of dark. But, um, it could be fun and still be dark. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's this story about a young Hellboy and, you know, he does those things where I don't know if this maybe when I'm like we all ran away. <laughs> I, I did like I I never ran away for more than like a day, but I'd be like, oh, I'm so mad at my parents. I'm running away, and I'd run up to like this forest that was behind this playground, and I would hide in the trees and be like, they'll be sorry, <laughs> they'll they'll miss me so much, and they'll never find me here. My town was like of like maybe 200 people, and that was counting like squirrels and cows. <laughs> So there's probably a good chance that they'd find me if, you know, they went looking. <laughs> but it it just like it was one of those things where you kind of relate to the story of wanting to run away and just discover things for yourself. Um, but of course, Hellboy being Hellboy, even as a young child, it's never just as simple. And he runs into um, he discovers a circus that has a sinister side. <laughs> Don't they all? Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely beautiful. The art is beautiful. The story is beautiful. And as we talked about last week, Dark Horse makes these incredible books and the presentation is, you know, top notch. Mm. Uh, the story is great and I highly recommend it. I mean, if, even if it doesn't make it onto our top five, I really hope everyone reads it and checks it out, whether you're a Hellboy fan or not. Yeah, I mean, I read it because of you put it on your list, and I've never read a Hellboy book before, and it's it's pretty great. I mean, it's one of those things where it makes me want to read more Hellboy stuff after reading it. One of the cool things about the art is that the kind of normal, like the the BPRD headquarters, and and when you're with the professor uh, Broomfield, I believe that's his name, it's one art style, and then the Midnight Circus is a completely different art style. Like when he's in this. You know, the, the, this kind of haunted circus, it's a completely different art style. It, it's really kind of stunning, the, the, the difference between the, the two when you're reading it. So, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so that was, you know, one of mine. So I yeah. will put in for The Wake. Okay. Um, I liked Mara, but I don't know if I like it more than... Let me see. <laughs> I'm trying to decide right now between... Um, Trillium okay. and BPRD Vampire. Interesting. Um, and I think I'm actually going to go with another 
Hellboy-esque thing and go with <laughs> BPRD Vampire. All right. Trillium's great. BPRD Vampire has uh, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon on art and uh, Mike Mignola doing story, correct? Yes, yeah. that's correct. And uh, again, like Hellboy, I read this, I read BPRD after Hellboy because I thought, oh, this is a one-off. Maybe I can mm. just jump on board with this and um, enjoy it. And there was a few things that I didn't understand that had happened somewhere else, I guess, um, in the series. But other than that, it was such a great story. And even if I didn't understand the story at all, it was worth reading for the art alone. The art is gorgeous, like, yeah. It's The pages are just stunning. And again, presentation from Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Beautiful layouts, beautiful like collections. It's just... I really enjoyed it, and both Hellboy, The Midnight Circus, and BPRD Vampire, they're on these because they made me want to read more comics, and I feel like that's the whole point. Yeah, I, I agree with you on BPRD Vampire, uh, Stephanie. I think that it it is more tied into something than Hellboy, The Midnight Circus is, but I feel like Magnolia and, and, the, and the co there give you everything you need to know. They They, they give you kind of the the tendrils of what has happened before and take you through. And the story itself is, it's very understandable. I mean, it's about a guy who basically has become cursed and he goes to find the solution to that curse, which ends up leading him deeper and deeper into madness and, and into, you know, horror. It's Lovecraftian Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It's so well-written and it's so beautiful to look at. It's incredible. It's one of those vampire. We, we have a lot of, these days we have a lot of, you know, Twilight stuff where the vampires have been romanticized. And I think to a degree that's always kind of been the case, yeah. no matter what. Like, even though there's, they used to be very scary, um, the romanticism's always been there. But there, that's, that exists in this, too. But the vampires are terrifying. They are, yeah. And, like, it's like American Vampire, too. Like, they're, the drawings are nightmare-esque like they are what vampires should look like in my mind Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah absolutely all right cool bob my number three i will cast my vote for mara all right which i actually bought for someone as a christmas gift and got to read (laughs) and just absolutely fell in love with it i came into it thinking oh it's sort of sports science fiction rollerball it starts that way but each issue goes somewhere else mm. we the things with her brother yeah who's, who's a soldier mm-hmm. you know that they, they were raised to serve in their own way that conflict with the government and what goes on there and it's pretty horrible yeah but that last moment that mm-hmm. flight into space yeah. and I'll, I'll leave it at that yeah. is just so uplifting and mm. so wonderful and each each issue again we have sports we have conflict we've got social commentary just an altogether wonderful, wonderful book. And we should say, too, the, the art by Ming, Ming Doyle. Doyle is unbelievable. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous art. It's She is, I, I you know, she had done more this year. She definitely would have been in that discussion about breakout artists. She's amazing. And, uh, and Phenomenal and, Colors by Jordi Belair. Yeah, yeah. Jordi Belair is the MVP colorist. You know, yeah. it's... Yeah, if we had a colorist yeah, that, that'd be uh, a, column. It'd be a good year for that, too. There was a lot of good, a lot of really yes. great colorists this year. To be fair, no one else it would just be Jordy Bella. I mean, everyone else, but yeah. Otto wins. 
<laughs> she did every book. She, she did a lot yeah. of books. She did a lot of books. So yeah, the art is gorgeous, and we we should definitely mention that because it's it's amazing. Um. So yeah, great. And my number two pick is just to throw it out there because well, actually you read it, yeah. Steed and Mrs. Peel. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, Caleb Monroe, Yasmin Liang, though we started with Will Sliney and Mark Wade mm-hmm. at one point, it is a wonderful homage to this old show that captures completely the characters, the essence, the humor. If, if the only thing of this people know is that movie from 10 years ago or 15 mm-hmm. years ago, that's not what this is about. <laughs> it's the charming, ultra-English and absolutely weird. Time traveling flies mm. at, at a certain point, and storyline that translates directly from the show, three or four different ones lumped together. You hear, see the Claremont and Byrne borrowed the Hellfire Club and mm. Emma Frost and all those people that you see in these X Men books from this storyline that's in this Avengers. It was on their television show. It's a real deal from the Edwardian era, but he, the Avengers used it. And. Mm. Claremont and Burton were fans. What can I tell you? But it was really well done. I expected to kind of hate this, even with Mark Wade on it, because it's not going to come off well. Right. It did. It played like an extended episode across mm. 12 issues. Um, uh, sure. Just super quickly, this is just to you, because I thought of you today, Bob, but I walked into my coffee shop, and as I was waiting for my coffee, a couple of the uh, regulars that were sitting around the table started talking about the Avengers and, like, Mrs. Peel and all the stuff. And I'm like, oh, I really want to call Bob and just like be like, here, be schooled. Be schooled. Because they're talking about all the actresses that played her and all this stuff. And I was like, you know nothing. Well, to, to, to digress amazingly here, uh, when the Avengers started, it was two men. It was uh, John Steed and a partner. He was a police surgeon, Peter King. And he left the show. And they had scripts going, and the producers brilliantly decided, well, let's put a woman in here. But it wasn't Emma Peel at that point. It was Catherine Gale. It was Honor Blackman. Mm. And they just had her do what the guy was doing. So she was an anthropologist, a scientist, a doctor. And then when the show came here and they added Diana Rigg to it, mm. they just kept on with that. And that was you know, probably television's first liberated woman. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And this book carried that through. Mm-hmm. Very nicely mm-hmm. done, too. Very cool. So there we go. And my number one... Rocketeer Spirit, Mark Wade and his various cohorts. Wonderful combination of these two iconic characters from certainly different worlds, and they find a way to work together, though they don't like each other very mm-hmm. much. There's intrigue, romance, television, Betty Page, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff going on here. If you love the other ones, grab a hold of Rocketeer Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm sure IDW will put it out in a nice book edition with all those alternate covers there are two or three of them for each hmm. that's it for me very nice um so i am also throwing my weight behind mara love that book obviously talked about it a bunch already Burr. uh i'm also throwing behind the wake yeah and bprd vampire actually is my is my number three yeah so we talked about all of those already mm-hmm. um i will say so everyone knows if we the wake is nominated this year can't get nominated next year so we, uh, so everyone's clear about that. We just need to know. Well, it could get for ARC. Well, it could get for ARC. Yes, it could get for ARC, but it couldn't get for <laughs> Mini anymore. Yes, absolutely. You're right, Stephanie. Mm. You're absolutely right. Um, but it can't get win for Mini anymore. So I'm okay with that. Just, just so we know. You know just so we know. It mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter to me, but I just wanted to make sure that we had this, that uh, clear. All right. So um, it seems to me that Mara and The Wake are absolutely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have multiple votes. Um, 
Yeah, the so we and we have uh, so the Wake and Mara are on. So we have uh, we have. We have two votes for BPRD, so I think yeah. that would. Oh yeah, true. I didn't. I didn't mean to say that yep. yet. So BPRD Empire is on there as well. Um, so then we have. Uh, so we have we have one, two, three, four for two spots. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, so any wild cards from anyone? Uh, yeah, I have a. I mean, I don't. I just have a couple I would like to mention. I guess we can mention the mm-hmm. other ones that are on our list. Hold on a second. Um, the Black Beetle No Way Out is is very very close. To it, um, the Francesco Francavilla uh, series. That, yeah, read that. Yeah. You let me. That. I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, Colder is very close on there as well. Uh, the horror series, and yeah, so that's it. And uh, there are a couple other ones, but like I have Forever Evil on here, but it's not even close to being done. So I didn't want to. I don't know with my way behind it. But yeah, I, I had it on. I my think list it's been. Too. A, I think it's been fantastic. It has um, been. Yeah, for me, but I can't vote for it until we get more out of it. So okay. something like that. The same reason I have Trillium on there because unlike the Wake, where I feel like the Wake is kind of come into its own and kind of really shown its hand and uh, it's really had a really, I think, satisfying, complete first arc. I feel like Trillium is still kind of uh, showing what it is. You know, it's still building and and creating itself and I I, I would like to see the the full, like, emotional picture that's going to be there. Which is like a polite way of saying it doesn't make sense yet. No, I think it makes sense. (laughs) I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Yeah. (laughs) It could be next year. Yeah, it could be next year. No, I'm just saying that's why it's not on there for me. I just... Uh, with his stuff, I like to see like the kind of the full emotional picture of it more than even the plot. I think I'm gonna it. wait till the end at this point. Uh, I, I caught up on it just just to see this weekend. It's great. I mean, there's some really mind bending issues, and they do he does more crazy stuff with like the layouts of, of those of those pages. Oh, the upside down thing. Yeah, upside down thing. He does one where now it's not half the book is one, half the book is the other. He does one where the top half of the book is one, and the bottom half of the book is the other. And when you get the end, you flip it around and read it again. Oh wow! The other way. So there's some cool stuff being done with that. Um, but that's the reason it's not on my list. I want to wait till that's more complete and full. All right, so we have Infinity, Hellboy, Steed and Mrs. Peel, and Rocketeer Spirit left on this list. Uh, so let's 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 figure this out. Um, so Bob, you have two left on the list. Stephanie has one, um, and Steve has one as well left here to, to fight for. You have a wild card, Steve? No, I'm saying no. I don't. Yeah. And and in all honesty, um, I'm willing to give up Infinity um, if I if I have to. Uh, but if I was to throw my weight behind something else, mm. uh, I know that we're. I mean, my me lesser so just because I'm not as familiar with the character. But I think that the Rocketeer and Spirit could be a high contender to at least have a spot. It's something that I haven't read, mm. but would love to read in, in between when we decide our final stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with Rocketeer and Spirit being uh, on this list. I mean, the, the issues that I read were very good, and I mean, I love Mark Waite, so, and then Bob is behind it, and he says that he does the characters justice. I absolutely agree with huh? him. So should we... Yeah. Okay. Are you okay with that, Stephanie? What is it, sorry? The Rocketeer Spirit? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was just writing it down. She's checking her okay. list. She's like, let me see. I'll, no, 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 no! I was I'll, just writing it down. I was just writing it down. Okay. One, I, I have to th- keep a comprehensive list for myself of what I have to read. Okay. <laughs> One I want to throw in only because I'm not sure mm. what it is. Afterlife with Archie. It's a mini, but for me, it's like well, it's been two issues. So I, I, I want to see more of it before I. Okay. Ongoing. I, I think it's. A, I, I don't think so. I think it's like a five issue mini. I, I have the. I was talking to. You, Andrew Peepoy in Chicago, hmm. who does the variant covers for it, he said it was ongoing. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, okay. I mean, he could be wrong. I could be wrong then, yeah. therefore, but no, I, I mean, was that's really a good shocked because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, no, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to know that, so we don't have to worry about it. Um, the reason I didn't have it on there is because it's just been two issues, so I didn't want to 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, throw it on there for big lists like that against next other things that, that had gotcha. full exactly next year. Okay, it keeps okay. up its thing. Uh, so yeah. So anybody else have any other ones they just want to add as kind of wild cards to just uh, put in the conversation so their names get out there? I love John Burns Doomsday plus one mm. or point one. point one. It was plus one the last time around back in the seventies. It's obviously it's Doomsday. There's a solar flare that takes out everything. We're introduced to a number of sets of different characters uh, on a space station. Here on Earth, the Pope, on top of everything else, mm-hmm. who beats a hasty retreat. <laughs> he apparently doesn't believe his own press because he, <laughs> he just takes off for South America where it's going to be safe because that's all that's left. It's basically a little circle south of the Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. And eventually the people who survived the space shuttle crash find that life here isn't so much better than maybe they should be better off dying on the way. Mm-hmm. I, so, I didn't get a chance to read it, so no. I, I, it's hard for me to uh, yeah. uh, chime in well, about it. Well, that's why it's, I'm throwing out just to say it. Just There's say, no yeah. reason to put it onto the list. Yeah, it deserves to be yeah. talked about, though, obviously. Yeah. And just I'm checking this, both Comixology and Ar- the After Earth with Archie, like official Facebook, say it's an ongoing series. Yeah, so, I just read a thing. I was going to, I didn't want to interrupt Bob's yeah. talk, so. Yeah, it's a new ongoing horror series from Archie huh? Comics, so there you go. It and is, sorry, what was your comic that you were just talking about, Bob? Doomsday Point One. Okay. Yeah, the John Byrne miniseries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any other things on, the, on their list they didn't get to talk about yet? Uh, it's not on my list, but I just want to put it out there to mention it one more time. Uh, Imagine Agents okay. from Boom and Archaea, mm-hmm. uh, miniseries, four-parter. By the time that you hear this, there'll be three issues on the shelves. It is wonderful. So go check it out. All right. Stephanie, do you have any, anything else on your list that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, no, I think Trillium was on my list mm. and... The one that came out in 2012 about a turtle <laughs> hitman. I think we should put that one. I on sent you just... a picture to your phone. I saw it. I saw I it. Saw it. I, uh, I saw it. It's cute. Yeah, it's definitely cute. And they're all hilarious like that, and they're just <laughs> mini designs. <laughs> FYI. Um. So we have Infinity, Hellboy, Steve, and Mrs. Peel that are that are left here uh, on this list. Um. I've I've actually read all of them. <laughs> uh. It's tough. I mean. It's funny. I feel like almost equal about all of them. Uh, yeah, it's tough for me to, to put a vote in uh, on one of those. I mean, if I had to just close my eyes and pick one, I would say probably probably Hellboy. Um, just that's probably one I enjoyed the most. But I mean, again, like I, I that's just my vote. I know everybody else has to kind of decide. I loved Hellboy back in the day. Mm-hmm. I read all those originals way way back. I have no problem with voting for Hellboy. Steve, what do you think? If you want to fight for Infinity, do it, man. I don't. I, I have nothing against it. I'm just. Well, <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Hellboy. All right, Hellboy: The Midnight Circus is our, is our our last one. Look so cordial. I pip pip. <laughs> Infinity. It's just. It's one of those things. It was so. It was so big mm-hmm. between Avengers and New Avengers, and all the tie-ins. Um, while while I am limiting it to one through six. I mean, it was an incredibly fun ride and and ex- everything. But um, the things that I have read from Hellboy, I think I've read about three or four of the collections. Every time that I get into those, I enjoy the hell out of them. And no pun intended, uh, Hellboy in Hell mm-hmm. just picked up again out of nowhere. It was four issues and then went away for a while. And now issue five had come out. And did not miss a beat. Mm. The art is phenomenal. The colors are gorgeous. And it is 
it is Lovecraftian and demonology and characters that you've known for a long time, but adding, you know, more depth to them after all this, all these years. And I've never been disappointed when I've picked up something from Hellboy and Mike Mignola. Mm. So I have no problem with that being on the list. All right. I could have put a vote behind Infinity the Ark mm-hmm. more than Infinity Just one through six. the Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was so fleshed out by... Avengers, new Avengers, assemble right. so many things on the side. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. I, 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 well, I, then perhaps it's in the wrong category. I don't know. That's, that's no, a, maybe that's, it's in no, your other category. It's the only place it really can be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the only place it can be. Um, all right, yeah, cool. Awesome. Uh, so th- w- can you read those for us, Bob? We have The Wake, Mara, BPRD Vampire, Rocketeer Spirit, Pulp Friction, and Hellboy Midnight Circus. Midnight Circus. All right. So those are our best uh, miniseries or limited series. May I borrow Rocketeer? Do you have it here? Don't have it here. I'll make sure I bring tomorrow? it tomorrow. Nice. Cool. Um, all right. So let's go to best story arc. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> here it comes. All right. So let's start with Bob. Number three position is the end of X Factor. Okay. Good one. When you tie up 10 years worth of storylines through... Not a giant major event. He actually, Peter David did that before. Mm-hmm. He came upon this in the way that a lot of us came back into X Factor, the sort of breaking points, little personal stories. Everyone got their ending. And it all tied up in a lovely bow in some ways for some characters, not so much in others. Monet, for instance, is now running around with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. We get to see where this book is going to go with that wonderful issue with Polaris and the bar. Just... You know, a creator at the top of his game on characters he really, really cared about a motley assortment of people, mm-hmm. but that every one of them meant something. And you saw that last issue, particularly Layla and Jamie on the farm. Boy, that's, you know, heart tugging sort of stuff. And that's what you want from Peter David. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's uh, absolutely. Uh, all right. Next. It's the entire run, basically. It's 12 issues of Fearless Defenders, the Doom Maiden (laughs) storyline. Just a hoot from beginning to end in a book I really, I certainly wanted to read, but I thought I was at some level going to have to hold my nose doing. Mm -hmm. And yet Cullen Bunn told a hilarious, wonderful, empowering, deeply mythological in the Norse sense, in the Greek sense, in the Marvel sense, characters from next to nowhere, Completely wonderful cast of characters just doing completely wonderful things across the board. Uh, Annabelle Riggs, Valkyrie, Misty Knight from my old uh, Iron Fist days from back then. Just a wonderful book. It's a real shame it d- didn't go any further than 12. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe end on a high note and yeah. we'll get to see them again somewhere down the road. <laughs> so that's my number two pick. All right. And? My number one pick is Captain Marvel, The Enemy Within. And I'm including issue 17 as part of the Enemy Within because something needs to tie the storyline up. And mm-hmm. frankly, the two issues in between where we're part of the Infinity event actually helps put into place exactly what her sacrifice was. Is she's now surrounded with her friends who she doesn't recognize mm-hmm. except that they've told her who she is. Right. You know, that, that you know, Jessica mm-hmm. has to explain to her that they're friends. Were yeah. we friends? Mm-hmm. You sure? And yet she still manages to do all these heroic things. It just what was put into place by Kelly Sue through the whole run of this book pulled into place in this seven issues, eight issues, whatever you like to call it. 
why she's a hero, why she's our hero, why she resonates so much with people in a way that other characters hadn't. Mm-hmm. That have been a lot of female characters come and gone, and nothing seems to have hit mm-hmm. in quite this way. And it's a power of the writing, certainly the art as well, but it's just a wonderful story of a character that you couldn't have believed would have been in this place a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one. Great. Awesome. Steve, what do you got for us? My number three pick is Lock and Key, Alpha and Omega. Uh, I'm not quite sure what I have to say to convince (laughs) everybody that this was awesome, but it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, Lock and Key's been going on for several years. I've had the luxury of not having to wait several years to Mm -hmm. read the whole thing because it had been coming out, you know, while I was not reading comics. Mm -hmm. But uh, what a... What a rewarding, I can't remember, uh, I can't remember a few times, but just this is one of those times where getting involved in a series, getting involved with characters, and having trust in something that it will remain good and will end on a high note and leave you wanting more, it's... Everything that I love about Joe Hill and his writing and even moving over into his novels, I've read um, The Heart Shaped Box, I've read Horns, and I'm about eh, about halfway through Nosferatu right now. And him in comic book form, it's just, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant in, in all ways that, uh, that I could attempt to describe it. But uh, yeah, just straight up fun, creepy, harrowing, uh, never knowing what's going to happen next. And as much as I felt comfortable thinking that I would know the end, it never panned out to be what I thought it was going to be. I like the idea that it surprised me. And it also managed to celebrate my favorite character, but make that character uh, integral in the finale of the story. And I love that that character was included in the victory that Mm -hmm. comes at the end. Uh, Just a... I know we have you know we have an issue laughter by the time you listen to this it has come out and everybody's clinking glasses and celebrating how amazing <laughs> it was. But yeah, just a wild ride from beginning to end so ridiculous re- ridiculously rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um my second pick, I you're going to have to help me with this one cuz I don't know the title of the arc you talking about the daredevil thing? I have Daredevil Foggy Nelson Battles Cancer. It's tough with Daredevil because there isn't you know, it comes out in volumes, obviously, in trade, but he doesn't really do, like, six-issue arcs. Right. You know, it's kind of one giant story with overarching themes that have, you know, little mini things in between them. So it's tough yeah. to pick. I had a tough time picking an arc for Daredevil just because I don't I don't see it as broken up in that right. way. I mean, that's a, that's a great storyline. That was, but that was basically the whole year. Was basically that. I know, that I know, but it's tough. I mean, you have, I know you want, you really want to. Uh, I want I want Daredevil it. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, so what should I do about? I mean, that? that's fine if you want to. Yeah. Do, that's fine if you want to do that. We did it. Sort, I think sort of like last year was something else. I think we did it sort of in that kind of way. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mark Wade's Daredevil. Okay. Um, foggy focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my number one pick. Uh, for best story arc of the year is including number 17, Captain Marvel, The Ooh. Enemy Within. Okay. Absolutely. Oh. For many reasons that I will get to later. Next podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I will go next, and Stephanie will uh, we'll finish it off here. This is another really tough one. It's really, really tough. So um, I have got um, Lock and Key, Alpha and Omega, which is obvious because for me, like you said, Steve, um, it, to me, it's not just... 
maybe my favorite comic of the year, my favorite story of the year. It might be my favorite comic of all time at this point, you know, and the way it's wrapping itself up. So it has to be on that list for me. Um, I, uh, it's, it's all the stuff I'm going to say, except for I, I'll throw also, uh, uh, after Marvel the Enemy Within, I will also throw my weight behind that one as well. Uh, and Batman Death of the Family is going to be Ooh, my last one. Wild card. It's a wild card. <laughs> a little Bat- Batman's little a little, little scrappy little book, story yeah. that you know nobody was reading. Uh, yeah. Batman Death of the, the Family. Little Batman that could. Yeah, mm. Batman Death of the Family. Oh, Little Gotham is ending, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, that was announced while we were off air. Okay. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. Here you go. Your All turn. right. So number three. Aquaman, Volume 3, Throne of Atlantis. Uh, Throne of Atlantis is very, very See, this is getting rough now. Yeah, Throne of Atlantis is very, very good. I feel like we've talked about this comic so often that I don't really need to say why. Mm -hmm. But aside from when we discussed a few weeks ago, kind of how quickly everything wrapped up in this particular um, arc, the overall series was just like a roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) And the art and the story was phenomenal. And FYI, last Jeff Johns Aquaman for, you know, a while. <laughs> yeah. So that's my pick for number three. Awesome. Number two, bringing it back to The Wake, volume one. Okay. Again, there wasn't really a comic that mm. made me so involved after I was done reading it. Uh, between, like, just, like, Googling shit and, like, wanting to go to the library and sit in stacks of history books and like marine biology stuff um and my number one well it's it's sort of like my wild card i guess so it's like number one slash wild card uh battling boy by paul pope battling boy mm-hmm. so i really liked it when i first read it and i talked about it on the show and it kind of just kept on growing on me the art is phenomenal um And the story is just really neat, you know, like basically this kind of Thor-like god from another planet sends his son down to, well, I think it's Earth or it's it's like... It's not Earth, it's just a planet. (laughs) Okay, yeah, like, but it's like... Go on, go on. (laughs) Earth with humanoids and such. Yeah, it's not really explained very well. It is cl- Listen, there's a point where they go, we'll send you to this planet, and it looks like Earth, and they're like, no, there's too yeah. many heroes on that planet already. Go to another planet. That's what he, There's a point in that book where they say that. So is it is it? explained. Yeah, there's a point in that book where they explain that. But then they said something right after that where they're like, but they need it. Yeah, no, there was, it was a different planet because they, diff- they moved to a different orb at that point in, in, that, uh. in, the, in the thing. Well, anyways, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was phenomenal and it was interesting and i'm interested to see where they go with it mm. the only thing i'll say as something i mean obviously we already passed that category but it was released all at one time wasn't it like as a yes. as a graphic novel <laughs> but it is a miniseries like i mean it is right in- i know i'm just saying i'm just saying but that's fine it can be on this, this i mean the story arc is kind of up in the air as far as what mm-hmm. all that, that stuff means it is a full story uh all right so uh so i would say that um it looks like both enemy within uh, and Lock and Key are going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have multiple votes. Now, that's the only ones that have multiple votes right now. So, it's time to dig so in. we shouldn't start throwing in any more wild cards then. D- dig I'm, in the spurs. I don't think so. Not right now. I think we need to decide <laughs> what we're doing here first. Well, I feel like there's going to be an upset over the fact that none of us said Saga Volume 2. Yeah, it was uh, it was right outside that the list for me. Um, there was just so many 
other things. Like Saga's fantastic, and I know it's won so many awards, but mm. for me, there was better things. And yeah. that uh. says a lot about the comics that, you know. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I mean, I think Saga's been fantastic, and I actually, again, read a bunch, reread a bunch of that up until this kind of get back in the flow of it, you know, to kind of get it back fresh in my mind. And it's still fantastic. It's just, it's, it, uh, these other things have kind of eclipsed it in, in my in my head uh, a little bit. Right. I didn't think the second one captured me as well as the first did. Mm. It really? was still, yeah. Mm. Th- though I love the parents, mm-hmm. love the addition of that. Yeah. But it just didn't have that same freshness to me. Maybe it's just, I read it in a lump. Maybe mm-hmm. that hurt it in that way. I- I loved Volume Two more than I liked Volume One. I oh, thought really? it actually got way better. Interesting, hmm. interesting. Uh, so the the real issue I'm looking at all the, the nominees. The real problem is that I like basically all of them. <laughs> you know, um, so it's it's a tough thing to uh, to dig at to to, to figure out. Um, so what if we each picked? We how many do we each have in this fight? We each still have two in the fight, probably. Uh, no, I mean I think that you have two, Bob. Um, Stephanie has all three of her still in the fight. Um. Uh, Steve has one as well in in the fight. Uh, I would take out Battling Boy. Okay, so Battling Boy is gone. Um, so now we have one, two, three, four, five, six for three spots. For three spots. So three, three of them are going to have to go go away. Um, okay, my two left are End of X Factor and Fearless Defenders one through twelve. <sighs> That's rough. Yep. It's very rough. We're very rough right now. I mean, these are yeah. all great books that we're dealing with. I mean, look, look for me. Sorry, go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, I was just going to say something about X Factor. Like, Bob, I feel like you know. Once you kind of got me hooked on it, like I loved it. But like for me, that last series or that last arc was the weakest of them because they felt like they felt like the after credit scenes for each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't feel like stories to me. They felt like snippets. Mm-hmm. And I loved everything up until that, but this final arc just felt incomplete to me. And I know they were, what? what's the follow-up that they're doing? Uh, all new X-Factor. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I feel like they were kind of trying to set up for that, but it just didn't feel like something that was, it didn't wow me. These are the funny things, right? About 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 uh, subjectiveness in, in in stories because um, the thing that Bob loves about it is the thing that Stephanie doesn't connect with yep. about it. Uh, it's it's inter- interesting, interesting thing about it, man. This is, I mean, this is, listen to this. This is like the role we're going through. X Factors, Fearless Defenders, Throne of Atlantis, Daredevil, Batman, Death of Family, and The Wake are the books that we're trying to choose between now. Like, if those were the books that were on our list, I think everybody would still be yeah. happy. So it's yeah. it's it's tough to to, to break these these mm. things down. Um, I will. I will say my piece about Batman, and then I'll exit the stage for a little bit. I think. Look, it was beginning of the year. It was end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, it's there's been a lot of stuff happened since then. We're obviously deep into now zero year and gone. But I think the um, the amount of impact it had, and the amount that we talked about it, and the way that it shaped kind of the rest of the the Bat universe since that time, and the way that. I think Capullo took the art to another level with, with that book. I think that it was a completely original take on the Joker. And, you know, I, I think w- thinking back to that time, it, there was no series that was affecting us as much as when that book came out. I mean, now, look, it's been 
nine months, I think, since then mm-hmm. that arc ended. So you have to remember those feelings then. But uh, you know, it's just a, a fantastic story that I think is going to be one of those stories that when you lay out the Joker stories for people to read, it's going to be one of those stories in those lines that you give people. So that's that's my that's my pitch for Batman. But let's let's uh, if nobody else agrees or else wants to back off of it, then I will gladly throw my weight behind something else. The Aquaman arc that mm. Stephanie proposed—that is the final arc. No, it's the Justice one League. Before. It's a Justice League one. Oh, that's the one Throne of Atlantis. Throne of Atlantis. That's, yeah, yeah, that was really awesome. <laughs> that was. I was gonna say because I, I got confused for a second. The return, the the death re- of the king was death the, of the king. Yeah, was, if it was between those two, I would have. Yeah. But yeah, no Throne of. Oh God, it was so good. <laughs> um, I will say this soon. Look, Throne of Atlantis. I'm gonna. You know, I just, I just. I just campaigned for my book, but the thing about Throne of Atlantis is not only did it continue Aquaman's greatness, but it's, I think it saved Justice League. Uh, it, it took that book from being mediocre to being great in, in, in one fell swoop. And I, I think it, it wrapped up a, a bunch of storylines Jeff was doing through the year with Aquaman and also, you know, put, again, villains from that series like Ocean Master into the forefront, into really big places in, in that world. So again, it's, it's, I'm saying it's tough to pick one because I'm fighting for mm-hmm. books I didn't even pick right now, yeah. you know, as far as what's going on. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh, well, on my X Factory, if I have, since I have a, po- a positive note, but we have a negative one, yeah. I say that cancels that out. Okay. All right. I mean, I would, I'm, I'm hard pressed to do that because I just as you're saying, what I love about it is what Stephanie hates. Yeah. If I but, had to choose, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead if I had to choose uh, with your two, if I had to choose between X Factor and Fearless Defenders, I would go Fearless Defenders. Okay. Okay. So we'll leave that one. We're in leaving the that on. So X Factor has been uh, eliminated mm-hmm. away. Um, so we have you now we have Fearless Defenders, Throne of Atlantis, The Wake Volume One, Batman: Death of the Family, and Daredevil. The the, the story arc with Daredevil. Um, I, you know what? Um, I'll I'll give up Daredevil just for its it's it's so big. Like it's it's hard to know where it begins and where it ends. Mm. And it's it's I mean even though Fearless Defenders, Fearless Defenders in all fairness is one story. Mm. From, even though it's twelve issues, yeah, no, it is. It's all yeah. one continuous thing from beginning to end. Uh, saying saying Daredevil and not really being able to nail down an arc and just being like all of mm-hmm. Daredevil, yeah, yeah. I think is a little unfair. That's a different award. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. so maybe I'll I'll say we can get rid of Daredevil because this is what we got to do to get our, our five. Absolutely. And so you want to you took you took one of your votes out, so you can throw your vote behind something else. I really want to throw it behind Fearless Defenders. Okay. All right. All right. So um, we'll put Fearless Defenders on there then. Fearless Defenders okay. gets locked in. Multiple votes. So now we have three for two spots. Yeah. Um, look, I'm totally fine with Thorn of Atlantis being on this list. I think it's a fantastic story arc, and I think it, it belongs uh, in the best superhero storylines of the entire year. No, I agree. That I, I mean, I, I know this is not saying, well, maybe it's saying everything. There's two pages. That one spread of the tidal wave hitting the city, I, like, I stopped and I stared at that for probably 10 to 15 minutes. It was... Mm. Fantastic. No, Gorgeous. I, I didn't read all of that, but I have to say, for whatever it's all worth, I enjoyed the Aquaman more than Death mm. of the Family. Okay. All right. Now, whether that means anything, since I didn't read all of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so, can we say Throne of Atlantis? Yep. Going okay. on there? Okay. So, now we have two left. We have Death of the Family and The Wake, Vol- Volume 1. Jeez. Yeah. Again, tough. Snyder versus Snyder. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the wake the wake was included in best miniseries and limited. I know, series. but Batman's going to be going to do as well. Come on, let's be fair. <laughs> no, I'm saying I. I mean, I would go Death in the Family. Okay. I mean, um, I'm not going to say the first. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I like that vote, obviously, because it's mine. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to say just because Wake got nominated for something else doesn't mean it can't get nominated for this. It's true because we haven't really gotten to Batman categories yet. You know, we haven't gotten to that next level yeah. of stuff. There, I mean, the Wake uh, for all the reasons that I said and all the reasons that everyone and, and Stephanie included Googling stuff and everything, mm-hmm. it, it is phenomenal. But the the collective fever that was Batman Death in the Family. I mean, that was a like a batman phenomenon for Mm. for a couple of months that everyone was hanging on every issue Mm -hmm. and waiting to see how it would all play out and the kind of uh, backhanded way that that ended that everybody assumed that it was going to be one way to have it mean something totally different by the end Mm -hmm. was very very satisfying Mm -hmm. uh in in the line of of great batman stories it's funny because i feel like I remember us all being very meh about this when it came out. I was had, not meh at all about Death of the Family. But then I feel like when we had Scott Snyder on afterwards, we all were like, oh. I, I can tell you right now, if you, go back and read, if you go back and read my reviews of Death of the Family, there's no meh involved. So. I, w- I was the meh. I know. Which I was, I, yeah. I'm saying right now, like I, told, like, yeah. like I said, I, wouldn't, I am fine with The Wake being the one no, that gets no, out No, no, no. I'm not like, I'm not, I just, I wasn't saying anything against Death in the Family being, or Death of the Family of the being family. on uh, the list. Mm-hmm. I just that's how I was remembering it. No, that's and I definitely whole, remember. Was, I definitely remember you and Bob definitely being not a hundred percent about it. Absolutely, I definitely remember that. Um, I don't really remember. I think Steve was pretty much on board with it, but I don't really remember. I mean, I know I was loving it when it was oh, coming I, out. I was, I was definitely a little, a little back and forth. Yeah. But I mean, if we're going one up against the other, yeah. Um, well, let's say this. Have you been back and forth about The Wake at all? Let's just, I just want brass tacks. I love The Wake. Okay, so <laughs> if you love The Wake, absolutely. Stephanie loves The Wake, absolutely. Bob is on Death of the Family. So is Stephanie. The Wake gets on there then. Okay. Absolutely. Wake Volume 1. All right. All right. We're locked in. We're locked in. Let's, let's read it out. Captain Marvel, the enemy within. Mm-hmm. Lock and key Omega Alpha. Alpha the... They're calling it Alpha and Omega. It's Even though Ome- they release it the alpha. other way? Yeah, it's Omega Alpha. Okay. Fearless Defenders, Doom Maidens, mm. Aquaman, Throne of Atlantis, Throne of Atlantis, and The Wake Volume One. All right, I like that list. I like it. Um, mm, awesome. I like that our collections. I feel like are things that aren't on every other list too. Yeah, I do like that. We're so cool. I like that because I like that we're not trying to do that. It's not like we're intentionally doing that, but I like that it's bearing out our personalities. And I like that we like I, I was saying this off, off mic before, but I like that it's representing all of us. It's not one or, or the other kind of uh, taking over it's i think it's a very good uh mishmash of everybody's personalities. not to get yeah. sappy but i also like the idea that in some of these cases that we trust one another yeah in the quality of these books <laughs> well think about there's le- there's less fights i think it's a lot because we're older and wiser now this yeah. we, we went through last year we went to the fire last year we know how to do it a little better this year there's still one more podcast to go there's a still one more category in this podcast to go, yeah and that's best new series oh shit ding 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 here we go all right Man, this was this is really tough. This is there's a lot of really good new stuff. Yeah, nah, I got yeah. it. They came out this year. Got you it. got it. I got it. So Steve, okay. you're gonna lead off then. I got oh, it. First, I just want to say this. I want to tease the audience for whatever okay. me teasing the audience yeah. is worth. There are some series now that we're to this point yeah. that I would choose, but I can't because mm-hmm. they got so badly interrupted by various events mm-hmm. that they were incomplete. They mm-hmm. would get an incomplete grade. Yeah. 
So we'll talk right. about them as we yeah, absolutely. come to them. Absolutely. So, Steve, lay it on us. All right. Here it is. Best new series. You Go. Ready? New. Yeah. My number three pick for best new series is Amy Reader and Brendan Moncler's Rocket Girl. Okay. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the podcast yesterday, yes. last week, last week, last week whatever it was. So, so <laughs> Mishmashed. It's we said it before. We'll say it again. There's no other comic on the shelves right now that looks the way this comic does. The setup for it is absolutely uh, genius and unique. It's a blend of of eighties and and futurism. Is that a word? Yes, it is. All yeah, right, it is. sweet. <laughs> um, and the main character, um, help me with her name. Dai Young Johansson. Dai Young, I always say it wrong. Uh, so snappy and so smart. And I, I like the perspective that she offers. And I like the setup of taking almost like a 21 Jump Street kind of setup mm. or alone 21 Jump Street <laughs> uh, in the, the futuristic setting. And I like that her actions determine an entire future, not just her own, but for everyone. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of weight to that. Mm -hmm. And the, the book is also, while being very serious and its consequences is still so playful. And the cast of characters are wild people with bubblegum pink hair. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. It's straight up fun. There, there was a week when it came out when I didn't get to it for a week or two and I sat and I was like how the hell did I not make mm. this you know mm-hmm. the number one in my pile so alright so for my number three is Rocket Girl uh, my number two pick for best new series is Curtis Weeb's Rat Queens alright yeah I forgot to add that <laughs> ah, well that's it's why not, I got that's not too late <laughs> you shouldn't have said anything <laughs> Uh, Rat Queens is straight up fun and everything that I absolutely love about comics now and everything that I loved and was about in seventh and eighth grade when I delved into Dungeons and Dragons. It's comedy, it's adventure, it's blood and guts, it's sass, it's cleverly written, memorable characters, even in only three issues. Everybody has given their personalities and have, have made themselves a character to enjoy and we're just getting started in this. I hope that this series runs for a ridiculously long time. And I, I think it's these three issues that are out now are the foundation of something really remarkable that going through 2014 is only going to get better and better. And we're going to have more monsters and more magic and more adventure and just more, comedy it's it's a little it's sexual but not hyper sexualized Mm -hmm. it's it's comedic Mm -hmm. in in its delivery and i just i think it's wonderful it's it's a great book um and my top pick and uh final pick for best new series is matt fraction and chip zadarsky's sex criminals my absolute favorite book on the shelves today Mm -hmm. it is a riot it is an absolute laugh riot. I have not poured over uh, a comic book like this in a while. That second issue that came out with all the little things in the background, all the little Easter eggs and the sex toys and the videos and all the that first issue, uh, first and second issue of having both ends of the spectrum of looking in at Susie's life and then looking in the male's character's name i have so many character names on my head right now i can't get everybody straight I don't remember, I don't remember. the guy that's supposed that looks a lot like matt fraction 
Um, and then the blending of the two, and then you had the the musical uh, interlude, and and all the, the explanation of the of why the song lyrics were missing in the book. Even that was so off the wall, but so charming and fun to read at the same time. And in all honesty, it reintroduced me to one of the greatest rock and roll bands mm-hmm. ever. And I am eternally thankful to it for that. Mm-hmm. So I am going to go with Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky's Sex Criminals. Mm. All right. There we go. There's your three. Stephanie. All right. So I had to revamp some things. <laughs> so Rat Queens. Steve right. reminded me that I love Rat Queens. <laughs> so good. Well, he didn't. I mean, I do love it. I just I don't know why I didn't add it to this list because I was like frazzly writing it. Oh, I have to get this in. Um, amazing. I love this series. I love the wit and all of the, just, the snark. <laughs> oh, the snark. Like, that one panel in the first issue when the girl who I currently can't remember the name of because tired. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, look at how many bucks I don't give. And then she's like, she gives the girl the finger, and she's like, oh, look, I found one just for you. (laughs) Like, the whole series so far has been snark like that, and I'm just, it it makes my sad, cold, dead heart happy. (laughs) So happy. Here's another back-of-the-book quote. (laughs) It makes my sad, cold heart happy. (laughs) Dead heart. Dead heart, sorry. (laughs) Black, black heart. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, man. So, you know. Rat queens. Speaking There's of that. black, black, dead hearts, hmm. my number two, Afterlife with Archie. All right. Tie in. <laughs> Anyways, we've talked about it a lot. Hmm. I don't think I need to dwell on it any more than that. And my number one is going to be Pretty Deadly. All right. Pretty, pretty, pretty deadly. I sense a theme. Jeez, Stephanie. I like death. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> and snark. Death she, and she's snark. like Thanos. She courts she death. Should... <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Thanos laugh? I don't know. It's what like that your was. snidely yeah. whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the least, like the least really intimidating Thanos alcohol ever. Or coffee. <laughs> alcohol oh, man. or coffee or both. Both. both? That's what I just had Stephanie. I poured some whiskey and some coffee. Oh, where is my espresso machine? <laughs> you just unpacked it. I've made drinks. All right. Um, oh, I'm jealous. Bob. My number three, Rocket Girl. Okay. What was her number two? Oh, uh, Rat Queens. Oh, no, sorry. Afterlife with Archie. Afterlife oh, yeah. with Archie. Nice. Uh, Rocket Girl, you know, you have the future that they're in, which is actually the future as imagined by people from 1985. Yeah, I think that's cool. That is very which, cool. So then it comes backwards to, well, it really is, well, it's 86 when yeah. she comes back, and it's not exactly mm-hmm. what she th- thought she'd come back to. It's even worse. Yeah. Lots of emotion, along with all the fun and the beautiful art, clever story, just really well put together, and I should have expected as much based on what Halloween Eve was, but... Just even better than I imagined. Just absolutely gorgeous and wonderful. Number two, Fearless Defenders, mm. which I said so much about the last time, so I'll just leave it at that. Just an amazing story of these B-level, C-level, D-level, Elsa Bloodstone out of nowhere, and she's hysterical and funny. And Oh, Stephanie, did you ever see when Marvel did the girl comics, there's a Faith Aaron Hicks, Elsa Bloodstone 
story? No. I think it's in. Why do I think it's an issue two of Girl Comics? I am making a note. Yes, it's it's in, it's only three issues of, of Girl Comics. It's in one of the three. I forget which one. I'll I'll figure it out when I get home and send you get an email. Them all. It is it is hysterical, and because basically the girl in the story with her is superhero girl in civilian clothes. She's just goofy and yelling and screaming and stuff. <laughs> that kind of thing. So anyway, Fearless Defenders. My number one new series for the year is The Movement, which we've talked about a lot as to how terribly it was marketed everything else. Who cares? Mm. As a piece of comic book writing, completely all new characters, some of them showed up in a panel or two or an issue to have some other books that no one even remembers, even me. I'm invested in these people. And by the time we got to issue four, when they were each given backstories, or most of them were still finding about Vengeance Moth and Burden and so on, these are people I want to read about every single month. Mm. And it, the book ends, and it's, well, can't there be more? Mm-hmm. Th- there needs to be more of these, and, like right now. Right. It's scary, it's grim, but funny and loving, and all the things you could want a, a dramatic story to be. It's all there in these characters, and they're setting, they're trying to do the right thing, but the wrong way. Mm-hmm. They kind of know it, yeah. but they have no other way to go. The tweens are such a bad place. What can yeah. you do but that? Yeah. Really just loving it. I know yeah. you caught up. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- we'll get we'll to mine right now. Okay. <laughs> so my three are Sex Criminals. Okay. Um, which for all the reasons Steve has said, I mean, it's it's been a revelation for me. You know, I, I think a lot of times for me, I really, I often will really, really like or enjoy first issues of indie books. And then issue two or issue three... Even if it's good, I, I tend to it tends to go to the bottom of my pile, or I don't feel that drive to read it. And this year has become a revelation for me across the board with any books. But Sex Criminals is one of those books where, uh, you know, six or seven months ago, I would have probably read the first issue, been like, I like that, and then when it came to the second one, I've been like, you know what, I can put this away and not get it because I can save some money. Uh, but I couldn't do that with this. And after reading issue two and then issue three, which blew me away completely, uh, I'm so excited to see where the series goes, and. It just it's doing something that's you don't see. There's there's not you know situation comedy uh, yep. comic books that exist really. So it's really wonderful to to see a, a book like that, especially from such uh, a great team. What's really interesting is that book, which is considering the subject. Mm-hmm. When we had Matt here and he postulated this, yeah. so was, well, you're you're kidding, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, you, you watch, you'll yeah. see. It manages to do all this uh, in air quotes dirty stuff. Mm-hmm. But in a charming, funny, adult way that's not adult. Yeah. That, that isn't grimy, awful, stupidly posed. It's real people doing the stupid stuff we all do to each other and mm-hmm. say to each other. The scene in the bathroom where she was diagramming yeah. the various yeah. positions that don't ever exist. And I'm sure Matt and the crew had a lot of fun making up. Yeah. It, it just shows a really good, uplifting spirit for such a weird mm-hmm. subject. Yeah, really, quite a stunning piece of work. Yeah, uh, the movement, Ooh. absolutely for all the reasons Bob was saying. It, it's been a constantly a book that I want to read every week. I I, I fell I fell fallen behind on many ongoing series <laughs> in this year and caught, caught up with a lot of them to do this. This is one of them I didn't have to catch up on. I, I've been reading it month to month. Maybe it fell an issue behind here, an issue behind there, but it's been a, it's been a book that I've just absolutely loved. I've I, I've grown to be very attached to these characters. I, I've come to be concerned with what's going to happen and how this is all going to play out. And, you know, I think we said this last week, the week before when we talked about it, it might end soon. And you know what? 
if, if it's this little self-contained, wonderful eight, nine, 10, 11 issue mm-hmm. series, it'll suck because I want more, but you know, I'll be okay with it because I love it that much. I think it's just a fantastic comic book and a fantastic monthly series to be coming out of DC. Yeah, us 7,900 movement fans yeah. are, are being blessed with some really great work. It, it is really, really great. And it'll be some, I think it'll be something in the future that people will pick up and trade and people, people will have been talking about it and they'll end up reading it. Um, so the movement right there. So that's my number two. And my number one, it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me after having caught up with it this past week is Lazarus by Greg Rucka with art by uh, Michael Lark. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to explain, you know. It's 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 if people haven't been reading it, and very few people have, a <laughs> month to month at least. It's a story of a near future where the economy and the country has kind of collapsed on itself, and people are divided by economic lines. There is these ruling families, and if you work for those families, you're you're kind of a you're a serf, and if you don't work for any of those families, and you're just out on your own, you're, you're they call them the waste, and it's. A lot of political machinations. These families kind of one up each other. Every family has a Lazarus, which is this part of their family that's been genetically engineered to be kind of a super person. Uh, can can like I said like this doesn't even apply. Come back to life after being killed it, for a certain amount of a, of a degree. If you chop up their brain, they're not going to put it back together. The kind of the deal mm-hmm. is they get chopped to enough pieces they can't put themselves back together. That's the wow the, the way Wolverine used to be. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the deal with with them. But, you know, it deals with complex issues of family, of, of political maneuvering, uh, of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be alive, what, what is, what's one human being worth to the other. It deals very heavily with, you know, there are these people, these family members sending off people to die, basically, you know, they don't care. And then the person who kills the most people, which is the Lazarus, is really the most compassionate of any of them because you meet another Lazarus and their family and you see how much they don't want to be, they don't want to kill, but they're protecting their family. And there's a... It's kind of like a soldier, like almost like they're almost like samurais. You know, that's kind of what I, I, they, they seem like to me. Uh, the art by Michael Lark is just gorgeous. It's a wonderful, wonderful book that not enough people are reading. Um, it just started a new arc with issue number five that just came out, but it's it's something that everybody should be checking out. It's Greg Rucka, top of his form. It is very good. I like it a lot as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've read the fifth issue, but I think I've read it up to at least four. Yeah. And- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Stephanie. Sorry. I love the art, but then every now and again, it gets this weird, like, the faces look like they've been, like, it's a photo that's been photoshopped with a weird layer, like a weird filter. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, you click on Photoshop and you click like an animate filter and it does a weird version of whatever whoever's in the photo. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it looks like it's weirdly real, but not. Mm-hmm. And then I get kind of like taken out because I get so absorbed in the, how it doesn't look right. <laughs> but the rest of the art is beautiful. And then mm. there's just those moments, but I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> and I know that's not good to encourage it. I, I swear it's actually amazing. And it's a really interesting story. And it's kind of Romeo Juliet ish. Yeah, in a, a bit, lot yeah. of ways, mm-hmm. um, sort of like post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's I, I kind of I read issue one and then was like storing them away, and then this week I just went through them in a, in a burst, and it was a really fantastic experience. So Lazarus is the last one on my list. So we have an interesting situation here, different than a lot of the other ones. We actually have three, oh, sorry, four, four books that already have multiple votes. 
So those books are Rocket Girl, Rat Queens, Sex Criminals, and The Movement. So I think those four go on the list. Okay. Yeah. I think multiple votes for all of those. I think they all go on the list. Um, and we get to fight it out for, for the yeah. final well, spot. We have my four. my wild card vote would have been pretty deadly. Okay. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that. And my wild card vote would have been Afterlife with Archie. So okay. <laughs> yeah, so we're even. We're, we're back even, even again. Yeah, everyone. Steve. Ah. <laughs> Who has the power now? <laughs> I just want to say I had a few others on my list that I just wanted to read out real quick sure. as far as things before we, we nail these all the way down. Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, East of West, uh, Ghosted, yeah, and Uncanny X-Men were all um, very close to being yeah, on the list. Hmm? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say Guardians was in my wild card best story arc. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's really good, really good. Um, on my list, I have uh, East of West... Uh, Ghosted and the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Ah, okay, yeah, that's a book that people really, really love. I kind of haven't been keeping up with it, but oh, I hear it's, it's it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's con- it's continuously hysterical, and it only it keeps getting better. All right. So uh, also on my new list, Red Sonia. I had Sex Criminals, Thunder Agents, mm-hmm. Molly Danger, Mara, mm-hmm. and what didn't make the list for reasons previous is yeah. New Avengers and X-Men. Yeah, that fun, but. Mm. Sorry, if you're going to go on vacation for three issues or four issues at a time. Sorry. Next right, time. So Next year. Yeah. After having read, read so many issues that I read, that I think it's really, really good. I, I really, really good book. Um, so the ones we have to deal with are Afterlife with Archie, Pretty Deadly, Fearless Defenders, and Lazarus. Those are four books for one spot. But is this like, with Fearless Defenders fall on here if it's canceled? Yeah, it's sure. still a new series. But yeah. it's not a new... Is it only new... Well, it was okay. like, it was an it ongoing was all year. Yeah, it's a new ongoing all year. We can't we can't fault it because it got canceled. <laughs> you know. Um, okay. Yeah. So I feel new. it won't get any votes, so yeah. we might as well take it out of it's the still discussion. A new I, I I I like it a lot. I I do not like it more than the other right. other three on this list. That's that's my only thing about it. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Do you what do you think about Fearless Defenders over these other three books? And one of my other three choices? Uh, Pretty Deadly, Afterlife with Archie, and Lazarus. The ones, I mean, I if I had to bounce between one or the other, it would be a bounce between Pretty Deadly and Afterlife with Archie. Okay. Both only have two issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give it to Afterlife with Archie. That's where you're, 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 uh, it's so difficult. It Don't is. make me choose. You got to choose, man. This, oh. is, this one, it gets tough. Oh. It gets tough down here. Then we get mean. Choose! Choose now! Choose! <laughs> They're both, it's so difficult. They're both so beautiful. Mm. The, the Francavella art and Emma Rios and just the idea that Pretty Deadly is going to be a thing that goes on for a while. I mean, it might take a break, but I have no idea what to expect from Afterlife with Archie in, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Like all, all you can do is vote on what what it is now. The that's issues that have come that's out this year. New, not... yeah. I'm going to go with Afterlife with Archie. All right. So I think that puts Afterlife with Archie mm-hmm. on, on that list. Yep. All right. Very, very scientific. Very scientific. That's that was the last two have been really tough because they've been all really really great books that we've been picking between. So why don't you read it out for us, Bob? We have Rocket Girl, Rat Queens, Sex Criminals, 
The Movement, and Afterlife with Archie. All right. That's a good list. That's a really good list. That's the thing. There's no bad book. Yeah. There's nothing bad. It's awesome. I, I, I love it because it's, it's slowly cutting down the amount of books I have to catch up on yeah. to devote. Yeah. And, and just to put it out there, Lazarus is a a really, really great read. Um, I'm not caught up with it, so I, I can't throw in for... I've read maybe the first three issues, and it was it, it is very engaging and very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do like the other series a bit better. Absolutely, yeah, that's what it's all about, you know. Uh, and that's why we have our personal list as well to to kind mm-hmm. of uh, talk about these other books that aren't going to make it on, on on our on our ballot. So Indeed. that's that's going to do it for uh, this episode of our best of 2013. Um, next week we're going to be back with best artist. Best writer, best ongoing series, and best overall comic book. Expect fireworks. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big one. It's those are the big times. We're at the the home stretch. We're in like the best director, best picture, best actor, best actress area of of the award ceremony coming up. Um, but join us for that next week. Uh, if you guys again, if you guys want to talk about what you guys love, what, what you guys think should be nominated, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com, uh, at talkingcomics on Twitter, facebook.com slash talkingcomics, and uh, or please comment on the website, talkingcomicbooks.com, when these podcasts go up and let us know what you guys love in those comments so we can have nice conversations with you and with everybody else um, on the site. Um, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's? My uh, personal Twitter is at dead underscore anchorus. Stephanie? I'm at Hello Cookie. And Bob? Bob Royer at talkingcomicbooks.com. And I want to say to everybody, I um, hope you're having a very, very happy holiday. A Merry Christmas to those of you who, who celebrate it. And uh, we'll be back on New Year's Day with our next podcast. So mm. for Steve. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Bob. I'll be hungover. And Stephanie. I need a nap. I have been Bobby. <laughs> Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>